there was a thing involving a hot air balloon that was either hot or had no air, but there was something that was not good. It involved jumping from quite a high height and broken legs. But but they have surmounted that obstacle and are moving onwards. I feel like you guys have much sphere. better animals. There was, there was a thing about a hot air balloon. <laughs> it wasn't hot or there wasn't any air or something. That's, it. that's, that's another thing. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that's the cold opening to the show. <laughs> that's the opening lines of something. <laughs> well, it might be the opening of the show. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave, and welcome to the Getting Better Acquainted 200 season. Five episodes where the tables are turned and instead of me having conversations with guests, guest hosts interview me. The shows will be coming out daily from the 16th to the 20th of March and they're there to celebrate over 200 episodes of my In Conversation podcast, Getting Better Acquainted. As part of that celebration, I'm going to be shouting about previous episodes on the show's Twitter feed, at GBA Podcast. If you want to join in the celebrations, if you'd like to share your favourite episodes and your thoughts about the show, I'd really love that. The hashtag that I'm going to be using is GBA200. So join me with the celebrations over on Twitter. Today's episode is GBA200 Part 3 with Sophia Walker and James Mackay. You can find Sophia on Twitter at Poet Walker. You can find James on Twitter at Quiet Circus. They're both amazing spoken word artists and you should absolutely, if you get the opportunity, check out what they do. Today's theme tune was covered by Jack Gobsmob. And this one is definitely very much a bizarro world version of what Getting Better Acquainted is usually like. It's more improvisational and ramshackle in structure and format. In many ways, this is like an interruption of the show. But it's also, I think, a really interesting conversation. In terms of editing it, I was given two options by them and I admit that I ignored both of their preferences. The two options I was given were chop it up at random or to put out the entire thing from beginning to end. I chose to do neither of those things. When you're listening to it, it may feel like the cuts come when we suddenly change topic all of a sudden but actually I would say that the cuts give it more coherency the tangents are nine times out of ten happening because that's the way the conversation went in the room right it's recording now and uh, yeah it's over to you guys (laughs) (laughs) that's a terrible idea right what are the things we have to do before we go about ruining this spectacularly Much better vegan, bitter, mac make better, it must go better to vegan, make an investor cannon. We have to say uh, welcome. welcome. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Getting Better Acquainted number 200. Number 200 part what, Dave? Uh, one of the parts. I one of the parts the order of yet. 200. Feels yeah. very Red Dwarf. 
Yeah, uh, and we are here sitting in Dave Pickering's kitchen around the table, <laughs> and we are here to interview Dave Pickering. Who's we? Uh, we is 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 me. I'm not going to say my name. That's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 James and, uh, and me. Yeah, that's Fear Walker. I'll say your name. Right. Can we just trade? The ladies and gentlemen. I've always wanted to be like a, a slightly ruggedly handsome man with a bit of a five o'clock shadow. Can I just be James? Okay, right. I'll be you. Well, can, can I be Fanny? In, to be fair, if you were going to be Fanny, you'd need better boobs. Yeah, Fanny is. Your... I'm a bit. I'm a bit flat-chested. My my mum says that my wonder bra needs a miracle. Fanny is your real name, um, but your but your stage name is Sophia. Yes. In case anyone's confused, I should stop doing that. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm already sort of being. being yeah, really, hush you. You're ruining. It's, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, It's because yeah. I'm still. I'm still uh, it's because I'm still monitoring it to see if the sounds right. But I'm going to stop doing that now, and I'm going to just, uh, yeah, just assume trying, we're, it's going to be. We're trying to have a nice right. conversation here, Dave. Me as you butting in. I know. I know. We'll leave it to chance. Sure. Yeah. And exactly. if the sound doesn't work, I'll start miming, which is totally how radio works. So that's why, if if anybody doesn't like the sound quality, that's why. Because we're not, we're not, we're not bothering with it. Anyway, today. hush now. One of my so, proudest moments, actually. I'll just tell you, my proudest we... moment uh, in the whole of my performing career was presenting Irish dancing live on the radio. Um, <laughs> we brought a plank in the corner of the room, and we got a lady that got to stand in it and do the whole like, yeah. That's fantastic. It's jaw dropping good. Anyway, look, look. Should we, should we, should we get the interview day bit out of the way? Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So today, <laughs> today we're getting better acquainted with me. With That's you, true. which is Dave. Um, we've got to ask you two questions. Yeah. And um, do we have to ask them in? Okay. How, how do you know us? Uh, well, I know both of you, and it's funny because you're both on like either side of me. So now it's kind of I don't know. I don't know who to look at. Um, is it a stressful interview situation? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's got a bit like you know police officers. Which one's good? Good cop and bad cop. I don't know. But I know you both. <laughs> From the spoken word uh, scene, I guess. Um, for the, I sort of met you both probably sometime like three, three, four years ago, and you're both poets. Uh, that's the, and you, I like both your work, and I booked you for my shows. <laughs> when I first, I first met you in the street outside Shurston's show last. Really? Because I Edinburgh. thought it That's was the first time I'd ever met you. I was thinking it was in the bar afterwards. No, no, I was on my way into the show, and you came up, and you gave this high energy ten-minute pitch about how good the show was, <laughs> not, not even giving me enough time to go. I know I'm already going. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way. Hey, in. man, I'm a salesman. You are good you at are. pitching. Thank like, you. That's what. That's yeah. You, you're very good at it. I tried to get my uh, fiance to help fly on my show this year. It turns out she's awful. We've really? uh, we've agreed she's not going to help me fly uh, her next year. I it can't. Was I'm re- I don't think I'm very good at flying. Well, see, my next show's <laughs> a little bit religious, so I, I have a vision of like processioning up the mile with choir boys behind me flying. That's not going to happen, but it would be amazing. See, my thing with flying is I feel like I don't. I don't. Um, uh, so if I click with someone, I can do it, but I'm not very good at small talk. So I can sometimes I can sell really well, but so what you're saying is that you're judgmental. And... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, I'm judging myself though. That I'm finding myself lacking. If I'm clicking, I'm like, oh, I can I can see how this can go. But but next year my show is going to be about feminism, and that because means... we have not heard from enough right, straight white cis men white on men feminism. About feminism. My mum, actually, she used to uh, write the press releases for uh, when publishing houses were coming out with a big book. And the way she was trained to do it was she was given a piece of paper that had, like, adjectives in, in different columns. And you pick two from the first list and one from the second. And there was this one book that she, she read it and she was supposed to market it. And she couldn't understand for the life of her what it was about. So she, uh, she called it a trenchant critique of 20th century malaise. 
And every single review of that book, everyone across the UK called it a tragic creaky of 20th century malaise. Like, if you Google back that phrase, you can find out what book it is. Where are you on feminism, anyway? Because, I mean, the problem with being talking about feminism is that... Uh, that this, which this, kind of a feminist this, this, which am I? Which kind of a feminist Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, you? no, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, can, can we throw out well, the standpoint feminism? Well, first of all... Radical feminism? I mean, my well, first of all, my... My, my point of view on whether I am a feminist or not, right, is that I used to not call myself a feminist. Then loads of people said that I should. Uh, many of them were women, but some of them were men who defined as feminist. And then um, I got to the point where I was like, I am a feminist, but I still absolutely understand why people have a problem with the idea of a man uh, adapting, ad- adopting that, that position. Uh, that said, I'm an intersectional feminist. Um, I'm uh, a... Uh, a, a, a a sex positive feminist and a sex worker positive feminist um, and I am very much of the belief that patriarchy hurts men too which is what my show will eventually be about in the I mean I think it's one of the few oppressions uh, if I keep my mansplaining hat on for a moment I think it's one of the few oppressions that actually does oppress uh, both uh, sides of the oppressive gap uh, in a way that is, is, I don't think works exactly the same way in race or uh, in, maybe even in sexuality, I think. But but although sexuality is such a complicated one because I feel like sexuality is so bound up with patriarchy as well. Like a lot of the ways that I was hurt by patriarchy was homophobic, right? So, and I'm, and I'm straight. Um, so th- that says, you know, that says something, I don't know. That's a, they're, they're complicated ones to unpick those intersections. So you haven't thought about this much. <laughs> <laughs> I, think about, I think about it all the time, James. I, I, I spend so much time, like, reading feminist blogs, reading feminist You know what's really difficult about all of the people that think about this all of the time? Because you guys spend th- thinking about this all the time. You don't speak in a language anymore that any of us can understand. No, really, like, that's I really don't true. have a clue what you just said no, that's, <laughs> at any point that's, in the last five minutes. That's really true, and I think that's something that people really f- forget about. Like, there's a lot of, like, people who's... There's a lot of arguments that you shouldn't use kind of academic terms because that alienates working class people, right? And then other arguments that say, well, working class people are perfectly able to understand words, just explain them, and then they'll know them, and then they'll use them. So there's quite a debate even about whether we should speak in an intellectual language or not. But if we are, I mean, intersectional, you... You know what that means, right? No. Well, it's your life, in a way. Um, in the, but you see, Dave, I don't know what intersectional is. And it's your life, too. It's in every, It's everyone's life. All I know is that, like, I really like you, and I care about women's rights, and I'm so bored. Lovely. Well, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. It is, Sorry. It is, I let it me is just boring. get myself together. James asked the question. Lots of sugar and it's James, James asked the question. No, I think what it is, like, where that comes from, is just like, you know... I'm a lefty and I hate the fact that the political left for the life of them don't know how to spin a story and can't make anything interesting and like I right. totally agree with well, feminism intersectional... and all of your arguments do it with lasers right, and like right, right. a pony true. dance true. like where's that's Shai true. that's true that's true and I, I agree with that but intersectional thinking is is less alienating than you think right okay. because it basically means that they're like so it's about thinking of the world in terms of lots of different systems that oppress people so you don't just have kind of the capitalist system you or I have the patriarchal system or whatever. So, um, and it's about thinking how those intersections uh, intersect, how they cross, how those different um, p- p- points of view uh, c- cross. So you, you are a woman, uh-huh. right? So you are oppressed 
uh, by by men. Uh, you're also uh, gay, I assume, but maybe bisexual. Either gay. way, right? You're either way. You're oppressed uh, on that axis of oppression, right? So those, you've got two. You 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 are in the middle. You're both a woman and you're. Uh, and you're gay, but although you... I must say that living in the Western world, the only time I actually feel oppressed in my gayness is in discovering that I can't go anywhere cool for my honeymoon. Like all of the tropical places want to chop your head off. It's so upsetting. Right. Yeah. Other than that, it doesn't really but that's, affect. That's the thing. Me, so you, but, like... but you are also. So you're white, though. So mm. you, so you're. For, for, so that's something that people like that. So that's what it's about. It's about unpicking all of these things. So seeing where white feminist queer uh, people might very easily still be being racist without knowing it, right? And it's about find, but you know find, what I find pulling really those funny? things out like, and finding out how it works. The people who spend the most amount of time banging on to me about homophobia and all that kind of stuff are the people who've never landed in a hospital from it. And yeah, well, I, I feel differently about if if you want to tell me to go and campaign in Eastern Europe and all that kind of stuff, absolutely. But like, I, I just I, I find it really funny that I'm I'm not an active soapbox. Let me let me talk about these issues and convince people to my side, kind of person. But like, I have been put in hospital twice for being gay. But and you like, I have lived. I, I have experienced. Kind of, I what well, hilariously, I have experienced racism. Right. As impossible as it really is as a white person, even if because it's too much of a novelty. But like, you know, the the people who care about things the, these things the most are the people who haven't experienced them, and I think there is think... a beauty in that. I really, even if I can't necessarily. Um, be as 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 passionate as as you are those people that are willing to take up the fight when they haven't experienced the negative side of it for the people who are too exhausted and cynical from experiencing the negative side of it like that's pretty bad us well I, i'm not that because i i have uh i think that i have privileges which means that i maybe i'm in a position to do this at my leisure i don't have to fight in the same way in my daily life but the reason I'm taking on patriarchy with my next show is because I've got beef with patriarchy. Patriarchy fucked me up big time. And so uh, I have experienced what it's like to be, you know, in that, in that, like, I was bullied at school for being gay, I wa- but I wasn't gay. Um, and I was bullied at school for other reasons too, um, you know, probably to do with mental health and all sorts of things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I... But then I I grew up out of that and I still had that idea that I was being persecuted, right? Because that's that's what my my lived experience had been. And then I realised that I'm not. I'm totally not being persecuted anymore. I'm being privileged. I don't want to ruin a really beautiful thought, but as soon as you said beef with patriarchy, I've just been thinking (laughs) about if patriarchy was a burger sauce, (laughs) what would it be? What do you think? That's, that's, that's a good question. That is a great <laughs> question. I mean, if it was a burger sauce... I mean, I, I like too many sauces to want them to be patriarchy. I mean, I don't want to, like, rule out my favourite burger sauces. It has to be, like, massively, <laughs> like, masculine. It could be, like, you know, it's T-shirt, muscle, arm, isn't sweat. It? Blue knob cheese. Knob, yeah! Knob cheese. Knob cheese sauce. A little knob bit of knob creek whiskey. Yes. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. What I was thinking people... as well because it was that, that's kind of very manly. Yeah. You're, you're... Do you know why we like uh, old bookshops so much? I read this the other day. I'm probably also getting this wrong, but apparently, <laughs> uh, when the tree is 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 popped down into the paper, part of that process means that as the paper breaks down over time, it gives off vanillin, 
which is this uh, molecule that basically, yeah, old books smell like baked goods to us psychologically. So we're reading and thinking of cake. Mm. Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. This is a fascinating more, interview more, that you guys more, are more doing balacana. with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. I'll have more balacana. Oh, I, I should say what I do now. Um, oh, we're right, we're that. Yeah, at, we're at the that. moment, I sit in my, 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 front, my, my kitchen room with two poets who uh, and eat back. Uh, what is it? Bratislava, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I always do that. You said balaclava earlier on. Bratislava's the place. So <laughs> this is back, well, right, baklava. There we go. That's what I do. There we go. Hello. What do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, uh, I do nothing at all because it's the winter and I hibernate. Mm. Like a yeah. like a moomin. Like a moomin. Well, not quite like a moomin. I'm snufkin really because of the tattoo, obviously. Yeah, seen, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, my tattoo of snufkin. What I should do is go across the mountains and have adventures with the Hattifatners. Yeah. That I'm not allowed to tell moomin troll about. That's true. Generally, I just live in the moomin house <laughs> and potter around. <sighs> right, what are we going to ask him next? <laughs> so the whole thing is, I have all these questions I want to ask him, mm-hmm. but I like him. <laughs> So I can't ask him. Ask so on. instead, think, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to direct these questions at James. Okay. You're not supposed to answer any of them. You don't have to. I just want to put those questions out there. He's still he trying to figure like... out who's the good cop who's the bad cop. And, and she's trying to say that she doesn't like you. No, I just don't want to make you answer these questions because I like you. But I would. I think the answers would be fascinating. Right. Like... Artists are notoriously difficult to work with. You book a lot of different artists a lot, oh, right. across a lot of different comedi- uh, things. Who's yeah. worst to work with, genre-wise? Then I want to know who okay. the absolute worst people to work with that you've booked are. <laughs> I want to know what are the worst things about running a night. I want to know how many times have you thought you were going to kill one of us? And who, if you could banish from the UK forever, would you? And who, if you could banish wow. from worldwide arts forever, would you? These are good, but I, mean, I have to go. You have to go slower so I can <laughs> answer them. Uh, I didn't the, expect you to answer any of them. The second one, I definitely wouldn't answer. The, the one that was name names of who's really awkward, like to work I, think that with, was I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But. Um, and I don't even think like a, a particular genre of art. Like I, I don't know. I think artists are hard to work with, but I try to work with ones who aren't hard, um, and I generally have achieved that um, as much as you can. I mean, people are still awkward, and that's right. the that's no, the okay. Because, so, no, so no names. Is there anyone that you vowed never to work with again? Uh, there's people who have done material that has, has meant that I vowed never to, to to work with them again because their material. Uh, Maybe it'll change, but I didn't want to have the conversation with them, so I guess I decided not to book them again. I, I'm, I'm interested by the role we see uh, the arts playing in the UK, and, and, and particularly spoken words, in, in comparison to other places in the world. Like, I know of eight poets in the States who are on the no-fly list for poems, you know, and... and in Jordan, there is a spoken word scene that is um, all female, and it's it's women, you know, defying certain laws and, and risking crossing social norms in order to, to have freedom of speech and, and get up and talk about women's rights. And, you know, how many times have you sat at Poetry Night in London and gimmick crap has risen to the fore and everyone's gone, this is amazing, this is amazing, and I have to be honest, I'm sitting at the back getting pissed off because the thing about spoken word is that we are not respecting what it is. It's not 
okay, yeah, entertainment has a place in it, but it's not about entertainment. Mm. This is an incredibly useful political tool and it's a tool that's being used to save people and to affect change in certain countries in the world. And we're disrespecting it. And yeah, there's definitely a place for entertainment, but there isn't a place for using it to affect negative change. There isn't a place for misogyny and all of that crap. Oh, which well, that's You can't go even... to a poetry night in London without having to hear misogyny, and I would not say that's true of other places in the UK. It's certainly not as accepted, and it's certainly not as celebrated. I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, I think it's a problem that's got a hold. I was going to say, I think it's... It's got a problem that's got a hold, but I've seen it... I'm used to seeing it called out. And I'm used to it getting a frosty reception. I'm not used to seeing people on their feet clapping for it the way they're doing it. I mean, that happens as well in the comedy uh, community. Like, one of the things that frustrates me is is that, like, there's so many people laughing at the yeah. jokes that they shouldn't be laughing at. I'm not, I'm not actually pro, I'm, like, I'm not, I, I am, I'm, I'm pro calling people out, but I'm not, I would never sort of suggest that, that, any words should be banned or any of those things. I think things. what's difficult but is it's not like... about calling... it At this point, the problem we have in London is it's not about calling the poets out. It's about calling the audience yeah. out. Because the poets are only doing what they realise they need to do to win well, or to be popular. But, but I don't think that's exactly fair because I think there's loads of ways of getting a response out of the audience and you... And you can you can find other ways that will be as popular as like, there are yeah. really if, successful if, if people if who do non misogynistic material. If you're good, I mean, the problem with London is everyone sitting in that audience has probably travelled an hour to get there. Has probably got an hour's journey to get back to anywhere that they can afford to live. Probably right. done a day's work if it's on a weeknight. Because yeah. poetry nights don't happen on the weekends. In order to make an impact and not just have these people sitting there going, "Oh, it's quite a nice pub." Yeah. There is there is a tendency to rant and to turn up the volume and if you're not good it's really easy just to push a few buttons yeah because yeah. it's soul destroying london audiences are awful no i like, get I'm that and someone, i've heard that i've heard that from comedians and I'm, it's yeah. interesting hearing it from i'm someone as well. who like i make my living in the arts i'm i'm a poet i came up through slam i do not go to poetry nights in london no. can't stand it i i tried for the first six months i lived here i really tried and i, See, I, I can't have, do it anymore That's, i have to i'll go to lip dink because i think lip dink's fantastic and i also I like the way Mark controls the mic. I don't have to sit through misogyny and I don't have to sit through crap. There is a certain... There's a certain atmosphere at Liptic and, and that's one of the only poetry nights that I will attend regularly. But but a lot of them are really... I struggle and it's nothing to do with the promoters at all. The promoters are doing everything they can. And the poets are being brilliant. We need to find a way to educate our audiences to demand more from the people that are entertaining. But that's a, a, across society. It's not just like absolutely. But as a promoter, audiences. if you're just doing your night, you've got your audience in front of you. And I think promoters have more of a job than they realise. No, I, I think agree the audience. I think your job is not just to like have a bill and present the bill and to 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 the room full of people who've got agree. that. I think part of it is like taking responsibility for the experience of the people who've right. got that. You're a, you're, you're a caretaker. That's something yeah. I've like learned more and more yeah. from running nights. Like to... it's it's my job as the host, as the uh, as the person booking the acts to take the audience through an experience and I and I have to like keep them safe, but I also have to keep my performances safe. I have to like make that a safe space. And it, and and you do that really well. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But most of the time I sort of at least get close. That that gig with Tamakatan and Faye Roberts <clears> at the Fringe was... Well, that was amazing that for was you guys. That was skill. You, you, you're really... 
you should run workshops for promoters really there's just there, there's something <laughs> you just there's, there's there's a way that you set a bar and you require everyone to come up and meet that bar and i think that that's what more promoters promoters need to start doing i think that the poets can't really do anymore we at the end of the day our job is to entertain and we, we do have to do the stuff to a certain extent that, that the audience wants because our, our job is to give them what they want. Otherwise, we'd be too egocentric. But somewhere we need to start dealing with our audiences and being like, honestly, if you ask us for the lowest common denominator, we'll do that. But what you're asking for at the moment is really fucking easy. But I think it's it is, easy it and is it's lazy and we can well. do better. I, I think it is. I don't. I mean, it isn't you... because at the end of the day, what the hell are you supposed to do if you hit slam after slam and feature set after feature set with content and stuff that works and you die? I agree. David Lee Morgan winning the BBC slam meant everything because David won it on three poems that really mattered. He took a real risk. I've never seen anyone win a slam with yeah, three no, poems that, that political. I mean, I, I mean, I don't always agree with David, but I think no. he's a really great poet and I think yeah. he, he, he's, he's good he, he did stuff that mattered and I think a lot of people I think the reason that that was such a popular win among the poetry community is because we went oh my god I was starting to believe you couldn't do that anymore but exactly and you can and so David's uh, win win tells people that they can as well like you don't do you don't do the lowest, lowest common denominator stuff no. um, I don't think you do either James no. I mean, Not at all. I, though I have a slightly different approach to entertainment view, I think we're right. there to entertain. Yeah, no, you're I, all I, about I think, I think entertaining yeah. in a safe space is in itself political. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. We with are that. there to entertain. Yeah. I do, I do agree and that. Also, we're there to sell drinks. To be well, quite also, honest, if we're ever going to make a living out of this, we're, we need to stop relying on the hundred quid that arts funders sometimes mm. shell out for spoken word artists, and we need to engage with the private sector. We're there to sell drinks. If we can fill a room full of people, and they're having a night out, and they're ordering champagne. That's that's actually part of our, that's actually a very large. I mean, I part respect your perspective yeah. on yeah. that. I mean, I don't, I, I fully, I don't think I fully go all the way with you. I think there's lots of different ways to skin a, a, an artistic mm. cat, I guess. And that, I, I, I think in the situation we're in, I don't begrudge people whichever direction they try and and manoeuvre, you know. But I don't, unless it's that direction, unless it's the direction that you're talking about of pandering to the lowest common do- denominator, whatever your, whatever your, whatever your reasons, whatever your approaches if you pander to the low, lowest common den- denominator then you are part of the problem in a worse way than the rest of us are because we yeah. all are part of the problem just yeah. by our existence but what <laughs> saddens me is that we we wouldn't if it wasn't going to get us somewhere but pandering to the lowest common nom- denominator will at right. the moment in the poetry world it really really so will i agree get with taking away the incentive for it and i don't I, I, and i don't judge people for doing it either i mean I, i'm not I try. I mean, I may have just sounded like I'm very judgmental, or maybe I am. No, you sounded really like reasonable and guru. I half expect you to be sitting in like lotus position. Well, <laughs> I quite want to see Dictator Dave. Uh, when yeah. Dictator Dave emerges from this show, Dictator, I don't think she's just I mean, start I'm, being judgmental. I, I'm well. I, I'm probably really judgmental, so I try try really hard not to be. Um, but I think that like everything's so calm in here. No, I want no. to scream. <laughs> I mean. I, you do like what do you do if you're following someone who's misogynistic? The well, <laughs> this happens to me very, very frequently. Yeah, I'm, the last I'm, time I'm it happened, I got up on stage and I did a poem called Faggot, which uh, is a poem all about people who uh, use language without really understanding the history of language and how whatever derogatory terms you want to hit me with. 
language develops over time and it, it's not going to stay negative. We're going to take it back in and use it. So basically what I did is I stood up on stage and, and very politely for three minutes told the guy to go fuck himself. That's Which what I good. usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see Unfortunately, more the judges <laughs> missed it. The compare got it and the audience got it. The judges missed it and I was destroyed. I've never seen that before. But I felt all right because the compare was off to the side of the stage looking at the judges' scores going, what? I'm like, okay, I'm not a total disaster. I can lick my own wounds and tell myself that it's not my fault and the world is against me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you said earlier on, like, people who think about that stuff all the time... Like, you don't have to think about that stuff all the time because it's just your life, right? So yeah. your poems are, by their nature, coming from the kinds of point of view that I have to think really hard about because you experience that. You don't need to, like, work it out, like, work out how that privilege works because I don't know unless I work it out because I don't experience right, it. but how communication works is that you can know because... Yeah, exactly. Because you can yeah. listen. Well, no, you can. That exactly. You well, that's the thing. You do listen, and yeah. that's why I read all of these bloody vlogs and stuff all the time because I'm listening, but, but Sophia doesn't need to listen in that way to those people Not yeah. th but that's the thing that's what I meant by intersectional like there are people you do need to listen to it's in the same white. way what I hate is Calling the people, people who out. try to be so right on by saying oh yeah I don't see colour someone said that to me the oh, other day I nearly that, punched yeah. them and I was like you want to deny <laughs> someone their entire identity fuck with yeah. sorry right. I should stop cursing no yeah. you can curse what you like I don't see colour uh, that's a green man over there go cross the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a question right when they made traffic lights and all those kinds of stuff why did they pick the two colours that colour blind people can't see well that's because you know the system hates blind people yeah you know when sat -nav came out and no woman could work it because not at any point in the <laughs> testing stage had they made sure the vice voice activation could recognise a woman's voice and it couldn't like someone tried to tell me that there wasn't sexism in the tech world and I just looked at him and went tom tom yeah. yeah. Well, there's it. sexism everywhere. There isn't a, a part of the world that there isn't, I don't think, sexism. I mean, if it's human society, then there's sexism going Actually, on. Actually, I think, personally, in the grotto, in the Playboy Bunny house, there is no sexism. That's, that is the one sexism-free place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there might be... And now I've said that, I'm thinking there's probably... There might be some tribes that have got it down fine. Or oh, whatever. my God, know. right. So we were in <laughs> Northern Uganda, right? Yeah. And we end up in this, like, mud hut village. And uh, we're there to meet this witch doctor called Patrick... Um, who is like a, a fertility specialist, but we arrived and it was it was like dusk, yeah. And there's all of these men dancing about, well, everyone's in the square dancing, but all of these men are dancing in like beautiful women's dresses. And I'm sitting there going, what? This is the most progressive place I've ever seen, huh? And I thought it was a gay thing. No, the women decide who they want to hook up with. And once they pick the guy for the night, they the guy has to wear that woman's dress and it shows that for that night he's he's taken. That's so what's brilliant really is like this... the sound of that. That's what's what brilliant. I was thinking. Fucking hell, that's brilliant. I and don't have women... to worry at all. Yeah, and the, the women, they don't want to, like, be deemed, you know, as, as changing their minds too often about the different men or whatever. So, like, as night falls in this village, you just, like... You retreat into the forest line and you see all these women like jumping in and out of the windows of the back of the mud hut, stealing each other's dresses so they can give a guy a dress but without being quite the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, that's the thing. Like, people are so much more interesting and varied than we're allowed to be, like, generally in society. That's why I'm, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, why I come, come come at all of my art that I make I guess I come from that point of view of like let's let's see some of the weirdness and 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 see that it's not weird yeah. see that what? it's okay 
What well, would be infinitely more weird than we ever thought possible? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, and that's good. I mean, weird's a good thing. Like weird's I took good. it as a compliment. What would be the exact opposite job to what you do now? Like, what is the exact opposite thing you could do? What the opposite thing I could do? Like the evil, that bizarro world version. Pave dickering. <laughs> could you do it? Can, can you sell things? Can you sell things? Have you ever um, sold things? Well, the, the, a... the, 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 the myth in my family is that I'm a good salesman because when I was a kid, I was at a, like a, a jumble sale and I thought it was we were selling for a charity, so I went around collecting money or whatever, but we weren't. So I just came back with loads of money and I genuinely sold sold it because I believed in it, right? So, that, so there was this idea, so they had this idea that I might be a salesperson, but it turns out I, I'm a belief person. <laughs> See, in fourth grade, I was sick of everyone telling me um, I was short and a shrimp and that kind of thing. So I set up Save the Crustaceans and I went around school for three months to look collecting tin, collecting money regularly for Save the Crustaceans. And then the uh, principal, who knew me a little too well, hauled me into her office and she went, Miss Walker, shrimp. That would be a prostration, yes. And I was like, yeah. And she went, looking a bit scaly, are we today? She made me give all the money back. So upset. It's brilliant, though. I thought it was a really clever idea and I deserve to keep it. Like, if you want to call me a shrimp, fuck you, pay me, bitch. That is a good idea. Yeah. I would have liked yeah. to have got money from all of the people who used uh, offensive words about me. I think I had a brilliant time in school. <laughs> Did you? Mm. I mean, you mean bad by brilliant? Well, no, like... <laughs> I, I, mean, that's okay, I had a mischievous time, ambiguous. but it was fun. Right. That's good. That's I would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have it down as an evangelist rather than salesperson. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, I'm an evangelist who... who, who I'm, but it's like I am. I'm like, I'm, I sometimes describe myself as a militant agnostic, you know? Like, that, but that's a... Like, I'm, I, I think everybody that believes really, really strongly is, is wrong. If you are an evangelist, <laughs> baklava or a hat. Sorry, I'm no, now wearing baklava work, on my work head. really well on audio, yeah. It's, it's distinctly... Oh, it's stuck to my hair. Wow. Yeah, you just put <laughs> sugar in your hair. So, it's funny. I hope that's... A, yeah, that'll work. It's, it's fine, but yeah, no, the nice top of my head's a little bit sticky now. But see, this baklava, it's just it's just a bit crowd-like and I wanted to feel regal, so sue me. What video do you have soft spot for? Well, I very much like Nod 2CB. I'd love to have Nod 2CB. Again, because my one. friend... Yeah, my... Friend at school used to have one. It was his first car and and several hours. Yeah, motorway journeys. Yeah. My dad like has one. Right, right, right. Yeah, squashed in It's called um, Gaston Le <laughs> which means Gaston the urinal for those that don't speak French, because it's the colour of a urinal cake. What? This car is the colour of a urinal cake, so we called it Gaston the urinal. That's good. What's a urinal cake? Is this a... That's the thing in the in your the... urinal, right? Oh, not an actual kind of cake. No, cake. it's them. It's the... that's something you pee on. They're okay. normally yellow, but they can be quite a few different colours. Is that yeah. what they're genuinely called? Yeah. Oh, I never knew. Okay. There you go. It's educational. There you go. Yeah. And, we, and, you, and you you've probably pissed on a lot more of them than Sophia. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually I've never pissed on a urinal cake. That's Strangely, a, that's, a, that's a shame for you. Mm. you should, have you ever trained yourself to pee standing up? I had a. I have actually thought about, like, if I was a guy for 24 hours, what I would do. Yeah, and I was trying to think if I would, like, end up trying to seduce a bunch of women and sleep with them. And I realised that, actually, I think that, like, butt-wise and lower back pain-wise, that'd just be a little bit painful. I'd, I'm guessing, but I'm not sure that, like, it just, it seems 
you'd need muscles that I don't have. So I think I'd rather just run around and pee on everything all day. But you can, you don't, you, you, you don't even need a shiwi. I had a friend at college who Those go disastrously wrong. Have you seen girls at festivals with just like the, 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 the trail fail of the shiwi where it went wrong, just going down the leg? Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's hard to piss like yeah. straight. I mean, that's what I always, uh, the one, you know, I'm, I, uh, you know, this is an area where probably people would be like, uh, whatever, but. I always think like the reason that women get l- so annoyed about men not being able to aim properly is because they don't have to aim. Like I know women who are just as useless as men, and they would be just as messy as men. But if they that's had actually that, not that why. Situation, no, the reason we get annoyed about it is because we have to sit down get, on it. It doesn't get cleaned up afterwards. Yeah, yet. that's so why we're annoyed. Men about should it. totally clean it up. If you didn't have to sit down, then it'd be fine. Men, men should totally clean it up. But I wonder how many women wouldn't. I mean, I, that's just like what I'm saying is I know that women are just as messy in as men, just as many, flawed as men. So. In terms of how many women wouldn't. Uh, this is probably like you're gonna want to cut this bit out of your thing. I don't know. But just as as, as biological fact of being a woman, if you with with sharing bathrooms with women, having you know once a month walked in to see a little blot of blot of drop of blood on the toilet seat when she stand up and gone away, if you've never seen that in your life, that's someone who's cleaning just because like physics liquid things drop and like yeah. women make an effort to it's as simple as you look behind them it's like people who leave skid marks on the toilet look behind you yeah, before yeah. you leave the bathroom that's all we are asking for right well I, I i mean i agree with that and i agree with putting the seat down right and i agree with actually putting both seats down that's our policy in this house is to put all of the seats down and so there's, there's never like an open a uh, bit, bit of water that's generally a good idea jen's big like she 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 thinks it's more kind of like she's a bit more attached to the idea than I am. I mean, I, I'm I'm pro putting the seat down though. I've always done that because I've grown up with women who, you know, I, I did, did, like, you know, when you've been told that men are to blame for everything when you're 12 years old, then you, you put the seat down. Because <laughs> then you can at least you. say, my mum can never say that I've left yeah. the seat up. I can I never, think... at least I'm never that man. Did, did you know that there's a German <laughs> insult, Zitpinkler? Someone who sit a man who sits down to pee, you can go do zitpinkler doom. Is <laughs> actually a right. way of calling someone out. Which is quite wow, it's quite an intelligent thing to do. Yeah. I feel like if we were all a bit more comfortable with our masculinity, more men would do it. Oh, I mean, I do. I oh, cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you're already enlightened. Yeah, I'm already That's enlightened. how you get extra yeah. enlightened. How, how else can you read? I mean, you know. I gotta be honest. If you were gonna put a loo or some kind of like what chamber pot in the middle of a sofa, I'd never get up again in my life. Yeah, no, that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, agreed on that. I mean, that was always the problem. I mean, what I really want is a motorized lazy boy. Like, this is my dream, right? Okay, I want to take like maybe I. Yeah, <laughs> now you're thinking about whether you want it in the podcast. <laughs> no, it's not I got that. No problem it's just, with talking about bodily functions. Okay, so I want to take uh, the lawnmower <laughs> motor thingy from those ride-on lawnmowers right. and soup it up, and I want to stick it behind the lazy boy, and then. I want to raise the lazy boy up a little bit off the ground so that just below it is like, you know, when you have those like under a bed, you have the pull out drawers that have the spare bed in it. So instead of that, it's like um, a pull out spare fridge. Right. So like underneath your seat. So you don't, you can just reach down and there's like biz and whatever. So it's a motorized fridge lazy boy? Yeah. Well, here I want my laptop and stuff um, so that I can watch movies and that kind of thing. And then here I want my gay gay. 
Gayobelia? Why does this came out with it? Gay memorabilia. Basically, I want a tree of all of my gay shit sitting on the side, and it'll be awesome, and it'll be, like, ribbon-flowy things and, like, fan things and just stuff that moves in the wind that's just, like, really massively gay and sparkly. And and this is what I would like to be my main form of transport. And I think that it would also um, not come under the congestion zone charge. It's good. I mean, it's good. It's well thought out. You've <coughs> There was I thinking all day, spending all that time thinking about how I'm, how am I problematic in the world, and you were working out how to build a really excellent machine. I mean, I think we can tell who's 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 using their time better. It sounds like right a really good Lego project. I mean, mine is Isabel can make you one probably. What's it really? got? It's, it's a lazy boy with a motor on the back and a yeah. fridge that comes out and a game. No, but I'm actually going to make. <laughs> I am actually going to make this. I say these things, and then people just like you know who haven't seen me do this sort of thing before, like. Yeah, they, they they laugh and they go, huh, oh, that's hilarious, Fanny. And then 10 years later, they see me going down the M1 at 45 miles per hour in my fucking lazy boy. I will not be surprised. If I see you, I, I will, will be, I not will be surprised. surprised. Sorry. Be surprised now. Well, now this you sounds... can't sit in my lazy boy. This well, sounds too much. So to not be surprised does not mean that I would would be surprised yeah. if she didn't do it either. I mean, I I, I remain agnostic. It's not going to be me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not going to be me that does it. It's me right. that came up with the idea. Ah, so everybody ah. else will be doing it. I will make other people. No, I will make other people do it for me. I'm not going to ah, build right, it. Okay. I'm going to buy other people to build yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, you. Yeah. I'm. This is. We are in the arts, okay? I am an ideas person. I'm not a doer. I come up with part of it and then I abandon it completely and move on with my life. So you've invented the poet mobile, is what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Like that. Has it got a bulletproof dome? (laughs) No, because the only people who want to kill poets are other poets and no poet is ever going to be organised enough to go and get a gun. I mean, there's a waiting period involved. You'd have to return to the shop. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Can you buy guns in the UK? Is that allowed? No. You oh, can't. You can buy sporting a, rifles if you're a right. gun club and you, you know have the, a license. Yeah, if you, have, if um, they'll let people. Sh- they'll let rich people shoot yeah. birds. The gun. The, the, <laughs> the Scottish police have guns now. A load of them. It's yeah, loads of them. police have guns. That's what I mean. It's it's what it, there's that quote, isn't there? Like it's a, it's a great it's a, it's a great thing that uh, Britain has an unarmed police force and an even greater thing that they managed to shoot so many people. Yeah. I mean, it, the, you know, we we we, have, we definitely have a police force with guns. I was thinking this the other day. Every every police person I see in London uh, has got a gun these days. Have you fired a gun? Yeah. You ever fired a gun? Uh, oh, I've I've done paintballing. That's as close as I've got. I did I did you... fucking go Rambo on the, in, on that shit. <laughs> what made you want to paintball? Given it's a simulation of war in your you know. Well, it was my mate's 18th birthday, and I thought it would be interesting because I'm not again. I am a pass. Like, I am against war, and I am against fighting, and I I guess I'm a pacifist, but I'm I don't judge people for self defence, mm. uh, and I also would like to recognise that violent people have reasons for that like there's there's societal reasons so I'm, I'm against the sin the sinner the sin not the sinner i guess in terms of the war but that's part of why i wanted to do it because uh you know I, I i know it's in me i know that I, I wanted to see what would happen and what happened was i totally enjoyed like and it's not like war because you're not going to die but you know i i enjoyed shooting people i enjoyed like rolling down banks and just being uh crazy um because it was a game it was play and i enjoyed it predicted you're a demon at paintball having had an experience of 
playing Monopoly with the revolutionary communist. <laughs> Why did you end up playing communist? Well, it was a mate of mine was a revolutionary communist, a student, and we sat down and started playing Monopoly, and you have never met such a rapacious, evil capitalist bastard in your life. Well, Monopoly was designed to prove that capitalism is, is a problem. Like, so he should, I guess he's, he's proving his yeah, theory. Property his is theory, theft, right? apart from my pile of pink 500 Monopoly. Monopoly <laughs> <laughs> idea is brilliant. The only um, working... Uh, God, I've just forgotten the word. It's with an M and you hire them to kill. Mercenary. Yeah. The only working mercenary <laughs> I've ever met was a hippie. Oh, I still wow. can't wrap my head around that. I, tried to, I spoke to him for about three hours and I just like, I, I think at the end he walked off and I was still there spotting going, but, 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 but how can you be a hippie and a hired gun? Well, like, but this is the other side of the... Uh, isn't it amazing how complicated and weird people are? I mean, it's there's there's positives and negatives about that. I feel like when I'm when I'm when I'm, this is an example of me failing to be in the moment. But I feel I feel like when I'm uh, when I'm putting this episode together, I'm imagining doing the show notes, and I'm feeling like we've done so many topics that they're like that normally there's like like loads of topics, but this is going to be so crammed full of topics <laughs> that there are so many topics going on here right left right and center uh it, it's good because it means no one's going to be able to listen to it and agree with everything we say because we've covered so many things from so many different perspectives yeah absolutely it's going to yeah, challenge it's... people i guess it's like a if they can be bothered to listen <laughs> they can't be bothered to listen i'm going to find them in their beds anyone who like you see the ip address popping up on your little whatever it is stitchify and then it cuts out halfway through before we finish give them my address and that, that give me yeah. their address and i will just like stab them with like what's it called a stylus yeah, I'll just stand there to death, to death with the stylus. To be quite honest, if we can't be bothered to listen, they won't be listening now, so we, we can be as rude about them as we like, can't we? Right. Fuckers. That was you switched right. off. Not to criticise your audience, but like, well, it's really depressing. I mean, the, 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 the audience are multifaceted. I'm sure some of them are, some of them should be criticised and some of them shouldn't be. I, I there are times when I think you I need to start being a lot more judgmental. <laughs> What are the times you think I yeah. should be more? more well, I'll tell you what. Right well, now, Dave, Dave, to finish this up, I want, I want three judgments. I want three, three categoric, absolute judgment with no qualifiers, no like just three just truths. What do you, yeah, um, like, you know? It's tablets of stone. Yeah. Dictator Dave says. Uh, what? Oh, so you're saying like what three things do I think? Like no, that's making it too worthy. Um, no, I want three absolute. Three just, absolute just, just, just be stone. Simon just, Cowell. Yes. Just, just, well, they, none of these things are judgments. They're just problems. No, no, that, no, 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 that's not. Then no, 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 that, that's then I can't, qualification. I don't want if qualification. I, if I can't qualify, I want just then the I don't know if I can. If, you, if all you could pass most, down to future generations was just you know three things oh, on a tablet. I'd be more controversial no... if I could if I could uh, put a qualification in. But <laughs> since no, I can't, 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 I've got to think of less qual- controversial. Oh, absolute topics. judgments. Okay, so I can, I, I, I can, right, absolute judgments, uh, capitalism is wrong and should be removed. Uh, I can know, that's good, that's good for uh, start. That's, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard because really I don't even, I don't even think murderers should be control. put in prison. So, 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 so could you give us, could you give us three I'm quick at. judgments just to demonstrate the, how easy this is? The flock of seagulls was the greatest haircut from the 80s. Neon is not acceptable on anyone and skinny jeans worn on men are a crime against humanity. There you go. Now, 
Oh, God. I have a lot more. I've got loads <laughs> of things that I don't like, but I, I'm, le- I'm trying to learn to not, like, hold that again. Look, I mean, like, you, if you want my controversial thing, if I, if, I, if, if, yeah, if I was a dictator, if I could make this happen, mm-hmm. I would say that... Um, I, I would say that... I would say that... <laughs> This is like I'm, I'm putting myself into like the biggest like have, problem as a man say, who's making a feminist show. I but I would to... I would say that I would like pubic hair to exist on adults, um, and I yeah I yeah. you know that that's all I would I, I would like that to be the case. And yeah, that's, good, good. That's, Actually, that's yeah. my aesthetic preference. Yeah. So like okay, I get it that everyone it's should be able to have their choices. But paedophilia is not something that should well, be encouraged. I don't know. There's, 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 there is there's, there's some arguments on that. I'm that's sorry. true, they but like that's trimming, trimming. You see, trimming. I wouldn't equate yeah. I wouldn't equate it with paedophilia, but I, I do do not like it. Condition it's not my well. it's that's not my important. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just take yeah. a little bit of care. That's all I'm you saying. No, the best thing you've got on your pubes is gold mascara. It's just beautiful. Anyway, they have developed a pill. It's filled with glitter, and you're supposed to swallow it, and it makes your poo. Yeah, glitter. no, I see that. Yeah. I hope you rushed out to get your um, vaginal lipstick when that was that came out of the market. Actually, I, I, I got permanent vajazzling <laughs> when that first became a thing. So I I have a unicorn on its hind legs, <laughs> and there isn't really space for much else. Anyway, so that was two. Hang on, oh, capitalism should be destroyed. My third one should have pubes. My third one, will, my third one, will contradict my adult should have pubes because I, I I feel like my my third one is going back to being as pathetically worthy as capitalism. Now I've. Uh, destroyed my my reputation by being judgmental about pubic hair. Um, <laughs> I I I I would say that everyone should have absolute full body bodily autonomy, and uh, that's the the biggest kicker that I feel like if people could get their heads around the idea that other people's bodies are not yours, and uh, they should be able to do whatever the fuck they like with them. I'm not sure. See, this is a difficult. Like, I do not believe in eugenics at all. But I find it very interesting. <laughs> Let me just clarify that. It's amazing. I just... don't believe eugenics at all. I mean, good. <laughs> no, I'm not eugenics. Eugenics. I find it interesting that's worse that in than order I'm not a to operate, about, isn't it? That's no. worse than that. <laughs> no, because I don't think we should stop the way we do things now. I just find it endlessly entertaining that in order to drive a car, you need to undergo forty hours of lessons and like and testing and all that kind of stuff in order to like shepherd a human being from zero to eighteen. You need to be horny. I just find that interesting. There is no other but in what I said <laughs> other than that's a little interesting. I'm not suggesting we do anything about it because I really don't think we should put limitations on on having kids and that kind of thing I just think that it's something to ponder I, I don't mean, really okay, want to speak to a dendrophile do you know any? no I'm oh, this no, close no, no, to no, putting on, an IMA on. on Reddit and hang on my mate Ben had sex with a tree on hamster teeth once really? Yes. I have he was so... off his face on acid. Oh, that's not I don't think that's not, that's, yeah, that's not an attraction to it. That's okay. just an accident. Apparently We're just going to throw this out tree. there, right? Yeah, My, I am at Poet Walker on Twitter. If you are a dendrophile, which is someone who has a fetish for fucking trees, if you're winning, I have a lot of questions. Um, and if you could contact me, that would be great. I would like to know about... Um, if it has to be living wood, if there's only specific types of wood that you like, how you feel about furniture, what you do about squirrels, and if the way men and women have sex with trees is different, I'd also like to know if there are seasonal really issues. Interesting Thank point, you. Actually, yeah, I mean, it, will, I, it has to be different. Yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> if you are, I understand if you are only attracted to like maple 
or like hardwoods or softwoods, whatever. Like, say you're really into maple. If you're wandering through a maple forest, I can see that turning you on and, and getting uh, you going. I but think... if you're sitting in like a dining chair at like a maple table, I reckon that fetish is a blessing, though, right? Because because I mean, in some ways, you know, I'm not saying that I don't get stuff out of human contact with people and all of that stuff. I do. But, like, you basically can walk around the world and have sex anytime you like without fear of rejection because you just find a tree. The right? worrying thing about that's that, though, brilliant. is how that's can the tree ever give... But the tree can never give consent, and a tree is a living thing, so mm, technically right. your entire sexual life but involves non-consensual sex. No, but a tree doesn't really have a consciousness, so I feel like that's does, not... It's, it's an inanimate to, object does that, mean that happens to, to grow. A tree? Huh? If a tree can't give consent, that means you can't rape it or have sex with it, because... That's the difference between rape and sex, right? It's consent. So, you know, trying to rape a tree, that would be a project. This is a really interesting ethical condition. Can you sexually assault a tree? Uh, I would say, I would, maybe maybe it's personal experience, but I would verge on the the side of any living thing, however tangentially living it is, should be able to give consent or you are committing rape. And the reason I say that is because... Yeah, but but I'm not trying to fuck it. I'm just saying that if we're talking about like no, but if we're talking about consciousness as a part of consent, then you're saying something very interesting about people in commas. Yeah, no, I I don't. That's where I. That's where I didn't like. That's where I wouldn't go with with that statement of. uh, I would say that, uh, like. Yeah, I, I think that a human being uh, that can't consent yeah. is is still that is yeah. still right. Yeah, yeah, that but is still I think rape. that um, a tree doesn't have a brain; it doesn't can't make these. We don't um, know that though. I mean, I've seen Lord of the Rings. Yes, okay, I've, I've gone right the way through a tree with a chain. There's no brain. I have seen Lord of the Rings. Okay, <laughs> right. I, have you not seen Lord of the Rings? I mean, the frankly, like... disappointing tree people from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. What are they called? The ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always, I've always wondered, because I mean, I think sex is something that we create as humans. Two animals that are closest to us genetically are chimpanzees and bonobos. When do you develop consciousness? Like bonobos and chimpanzees may have some, are much closer towards consciousness than any of the other animals that are closest to us genetically. Bonobos, they basically have like swinger lifestyle. They're, they are cool. They're the only other animal that has sex face to face, looking into mm. each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. They have uh, foreplay or like uh, lesbianism, yeah. gay, the gay, they thing, have, yeah, yeah, their, the life, their lives are just gr- grooming. Se- they, they have sex for grooming and that's, that's cool. Why are we people? Right, right. I think this a lot when I think about bonobos <laughs> so much. Um, but chimpanzees though, they have wars and gang rape. They have like s- s- cultures that like destroy each other. Well, and and the, the, the People often say, like, oh, we could go towards the bonobo side or we could go towards the chimpanzee side. But I think it's to do with um, resources. So bonobos have quite plentiful resources, and that's why they are having their cool orgies. Uh, chimpanzees don't, so they're having wars. Um, we are having wars because we, we're fighting over resources. If we could stop fighting over resources... Maybe we could all be bonobos. No, the problem is <laughs> the problem is that it's a self fulfilling prophecy because we stop fighting over resources because we never get enough, and we come bonobos and we sit around fucking the whole time, and then we get overpopulation and we start fighting over resources. Ah, but we don't have overpopulation because we have uh, something the bonobos don't, which is uh, contraception. So we 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 we, we can we can get excuse rid of that, but... me. We have contraception now, and yeah. we have had for a very long but time, a... and overpopulation is an increasing and ongoing problem. Yeah, but we... Contraception has not helped. Yeah, but that's underneath a situation yeah. where we're basically having wars all around us, and, and contraception information isn't ex- exchanged freely. We don't have sensible ideas and there is around the Catholic, these issues. There is, and there is the Catholic Church. Huh? 
also misogyny. Yeah, exactly, misogyny too, right? Yeah, the most out of all of these things. Um, but but exactly, so bonobos don't have misogyny. So maybe if we found a way of being enlightened like that, then we then we would be able to then mix in some contraception. But this is very highly utopian. I think you're a bit bonobist. You're I think this, this, is whole... good, this is a good line. Did you know Susie Bright, the author of Susie's Experts, Lesbian Sex World? She was no. a no. sex radical <laughs> lesbian feminist in San Francisco in the early 90s. She was dildo correspondent for On Our Backs magazine, which was in the early... And she, I just saw an interview with her, and uh, she's incredibly sex positive and great, great sense of humour. And she was saying, well, someone once asked me if, if what you're saying is we should all just hop into bed and then, you know, the world would be a better place. Isn't that a bit naive? And she said, I could just turn around and say, well, it's worth a try. So yeah. I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do any harm. No, sure. Can't be much worse than we're doing. I mean, that's my perspective. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much cynical. Like, I, I, I actually think that humanity is doomed, like, looking at where we're at. But I think that pragmatically, who knows? Like, it's ridiculous to completely write us off. So try as hard as you can and be as happy as you can within your life as well. Those are the two things. Like, try and change things as much as you can, but also be happy as much as possible. And then, I don't know, maybe things change, but I don't think they do. I think I, I'm, I've had a vasectomy. I don't want kids. I don't want... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, because I believe in bodily autonomy so mm. much that uh, I don't want to be in a situation where I can't, I can't, I can't stop someone from having that child. Mm. And I'd have to support that child, so I don't want that. So, yeah. There we go. Humanity is doomed. Well, that's yeah, as quickly as you can, and don't have. But that doesn't yourself. mean I don't like people. <laughs> that's the worst thing. I like people a lot. Like I really like people on an individual level, but I just think collectively we're not making the right choices. And no, it's a bit late. Like the thing is, we're it's too late. We're running out of oil. We're da 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 da. There's so many things that are just depressing to talk about now. But people themselves, on an individual level. Even the worst ones, there's something about them. Do you know what I mean? I, when I work with kids, the under fives, like there's not, there's not a fucked up uh, three year olds. Like they've all got, you've got, I've got hope for every three year old I met. You know, if I meet twenty year olds, fifty year olds, not so much hope necessarily. But yeah. Well, there's a tragic note. Yeah, well, I am. That's, <laughs> that's my thing, oh. isn't it? Tragedy. My uh, my mate, uh, well, yeah, my other the other guy that hosts Spark in Brixton, Radcliffe Royds, who is an interesting guy, uh, and what he likes to call me is the Taj Mahal of tragedy. Like, what does it fucking mean? Like every time, every time I think Apparently about that, you're going slowly grey. Like, what does it mean, the Taj Mahal of tragedy? He just picked it because they're both T words, doesn't he? But it, you know, and he, he won't give it up, and it's sticking, and it's. I think to end this, you and I should give the listener a, a collection of ten facts about Dave Pickering that they never knew. Okay. Um, do number we, do one, we know ten facts about Dave Pickering? We do. You know, do. We do. Do you know ten facts? Yeah. I'm interested. Okay. okay. Number one being, did you know that three years ago Dave was actually in jail for um, bank robbery involving, <laughs> well, he did it with 15 uh, fluorescent purple pool noodles and a Vespa? Yeah, well, yeah, sure. I mean, they, they, it was hard putting out those podcasts from prison. Uh, but, 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 yeah, what I managed I to get, do it and fake all of them. What so I don't well. get is, is why the chickens? I understand every other part of the robbery, but, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I just don't like chickens. It's just, uh, so I thought, why not, you know, use them? That's actually that two bonus facts. Dave doesn't like chickens. Fact <laughs> three, like James. Chicken. Fact number three. Dave is in fact nine feet tall. 
fancy. This is something that he hides very well. I mean, to me, just sitting here, he seems the same height as, as us and when you see him walking around. And it must have been a long, long journey to yeah. hypnotise the world into forgetting the fact that you're, in fact, nine feet tall. But there you go, listeners. <laughs> There's a fun fact. Fact four, Dave has seven nipples. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that might be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he can get all the tassels to go different ways. I mean, the if fact, you suck out of the third one, the best, you get tea. Well, yeah, the best thing about them is that they're all like, it's not like one of those third nipple affairs where they're not like fully uh, sensationally enriched. It, like, I've got seven properly uh, easily to stimulate nipples. Yeah, it's good stuff. Very yeah, and, 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 and the third one, it, it emits tea, right? So black right, right, right. fully brewed out Exactly, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's good. I'm assuming no one's listening about this point. <laughs> next, <laughs> next Dave fact. fact. There, you, there you are worrying about entertainment again. <laughs> Dave fact number five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why he hides in all these other people no, to make um, it sound interesting. Right, Dave yeah. five. Dave was actually the violinist on the Titanic as it went down. Fucker was smart enough to hop onto the iceberg and sat just playing everyone else's funeral dance for three hours. There is a god. He found it so fucking funny. Plucked him up and dumped him in the middle of New York. That's why we have Dave. Wow. Yeah, you are only alive now. I feel like this is like an improv game now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I did used to play the violin, but uh, obviously as far back as the Titanic was when when it was. Did Did you get any grades? Uh, no, no. I, uh, I I gave it up. Did you get any girls? Quick. Huh? Did you get any girls? Did I get any girls? No, I was in primary school, so I didn't 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 have that. Uh, uh, it didn't have that effect. Probably wouldn't. Mm. I don't think violinists have ever got girls. Though. I don't know. <laughs> sure, yo yo ma. I mean, these are challenges. Yeah, sure, yo yo ma. Actually, I mean, you know, you know. I think violin. You know, you've got to have, you've got to have the hair and I mean, the I'm pretty a, sure. I'm, all, I'm always attracted to violinists, to be honest. Oh, so yeah, I mean. Yeah. That's do you have a musical Eliza Carthy is really, really, I really like you? her. And she's honest. Yeah, it's just really weird. Do you have a certain particular kind of musician that you always fancy? No, um, but I just play instruments. Bass players? Really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Bass players are always nice people. Yeah. They like the rhythm section of the of the thing, and they are. I, I like some of my, I like my yeah, my some of my favourite friends that I have play bass. And also, a friend of mine in the music industry explained that bass is quite easy to play, so that you can get someone fit in to play the bass. <laughs> and, and train them up to do the bass well, it's not that complicated so, yeah. it's fair and it's not fair yeah like, that's desperately like, unfair yeah it'd be an entirely different thing though if you walked in as this attractive new bass player and someone just handed you a fuck off great fish <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna go hide that's, under the table that now would, that's enough for that me. would be a really weird thing uh, you're right. You I kind of just want to subvert <laughs> the universe. You could, be a, you could be a bassist. This is definitely the most. I feel like this is going to be the most unconventional of the interview. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this? Just like have a band where we're all actually just playing like. Food. No, you do. You do the band. Drumsticks. No, he does, he does the introducing the band, such and such on drums, such and such. And no drumsticks, because then it's the chicken. It. And then finally, yeah, drumsticks. That's yeah. good. Yeah, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Right. There is a band called Fish, isn't there? Yeah, well, not anymore, actually. They quit a couple of years ago. I used to know people who drove across Vermont trying to find fish. They ended up in the bottom of a lake with in a Volvo. Not with a Volvo, in a Volvo. They, they, they managed to get out of the Volvo. Did, did they survive? Did they, they, just they, like did they find the fish? No, they did. They totally survived. These, <laughs> these are the people that I accidentally <coughs> walk up in Norway with. 
So, like, you know, they're the kind of people where, like, you know, last time I saw them, we ended up in Norway and we don't know how. And then the next time I heard from them, they'd driven into the bottom of the lake and they weren't really quite sure about that. There was a thing involving a hot air balloon that was either hot or had no air, but there was something that was not good. It involved jumping from quite a high height and broken legs. But but they have surmounted that obstacle and are moving onwards. Wow. I think was, their new thing is wheelchair marathons. I feel like you guys have much fit. better anecdotes. There was, there was a thing about a hot air balloon. <laughs> it wasn't hot, or there wasn't any air or something. That's it. That's, that's another thing. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the cold opening to the show. <laughs> that's the opening lines of something. Well, it might be the opening of the show. <laughs> yeah. I collect weird, fr- weird friends. They're lovely people. Weird, weird friends are um, my only kinds of friends that I have, I think. Um, which is, as I've said earlier, a compliment, if any of them are listening. But if you could swap all your friends with someone else's friends, whose friend are you <laughs> I wouldn't swap my friends. Oh, that's a lovely thing to say. I've got to be honest, if I could swap my friends, I'd swap them for Dawn French and Joanna Lumley. <laughs> oh, for actual... Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were saying for somebody else's friends. Yeah, no, yeah for, I, me, I, for I, somebody I, else's friends. They, they are somebody else. I don't know whose friends they are, but I want them. Yeah, no, I mean, if I get to handpick my friends, then, yeah, maybe I'd get rid of my friends and handpick people and famous people. Yeah, maybe I I'd do that. I kind of want to hang out with <laughs> Boris, just for entertainment. Boris value. Johnson. Yeah, I want yeah. to hang out with Boris. Well, I think... I think I think There's it'd be no, hysterical. I think it'd be hysterical. And as long as it's just having a drink with him, I have no problem putting yeah. my politics to one side. As long as, and his cellar's got to be decent, right? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be cheap shit. As long as he's not, like, manning a yacht or whatever, it's fine. As long as he's not in control of anything involving me while I'm in his presence, then all right. Otherwise, we might die. Yeah, well, but also you might you not distract him because he's very busy, isn't he? He sits in the bowels of City Hall. He just sits, you know, all those bus stops where they have the numbers. And yeah. when the bus, he types them all in. He right. types them all in, that's his job. He sits there typing all in, that's why it's sometimes rubbish. Mm. And then in between, when the bus aren't running, he has to like colour in the tube maps that, like, that you put <laughs> by, so hand. by yeah. hand. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's very busy as Boris. You know, could spare half an hour for a bottle of Chateau Lafitte, it'd be quite nice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is, yeah, I think this is going to be like the episode with the, the most like completely fictional sections that are going on. Can we go for the largest number of appropriate tags on any podcast? Ever? <laughs> yeah, right. I think there's. Okay, okay. Actually, so many. actually, you're the one that normally I don't does know how this. Many ta- how, how, how These naked pics of fruit. Tits. Yeah, well, those those ones are supposedly really successful. Right, but, okay. I mean, anything that I stick a tag on. Look, it's a puppy. I've not found that tags with. Like if sex is the tag to that. It's oh my god! More than Did you see the YouTube video of why Chihuahuas don't run in the snow? <laughs> Wow. This is your reward for listening this yeah. long in the podcast. <laughs> if you're still listening, right, just go into YouTube and put Chihuahuas Don't Run in the Snow. It's the it's a 12-second video, and just for the amount it's of time I spent laughing versus how long the video is, it's the funniest thing I've seen in my life. Yeah, I saw you and your fiancé like, sharing that. I died. On Facebook. Oh, my God. Like, I watched it, and I laughed, and then I laughed all the way down the stairs carrying my laptop to show my sister, and then kept laughing. Well, it sounds like a good video. It's always good to hear people talking about good videos. Well, I don't want to tell them about the video because, like, it's 12 seconds long. There's not much to it. No, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a nice reward for them. 
If anyone can, if anyone is listening and can send me a link to the Magic Bike Ride that was on YouTube about two years ago, and then there were so there were so many copies that it's now completely impossible to find. Well, the original Magic Bike Ride was two uh, council state lads in County Durham who'd taken a pill each and were cycling home, and it's just beautiful. There's about ten minutes of like one's behind with the camera and you go, "Come oh, on, it's brilliant, yeah man, yeah man, it's Magic Bike Ride." Uh, it's really good, <laughs> really good video. Well, that also sounds like a good video, yeah. I mean, so they got well. If they can't find that though, because it's not there, so. Well, I think there's now so many of them that finding the original Magic Bike Ride that was so funny is just. So everyone's just copied it. Just copied it, and maybe the whole thing's gone now. Well, once, like once, once it's meme. not an innocent use of the word Magic Bike Ride, it becomes infinitely less yeah. interesting straight away. Like if somebody's like, "Oh yeah, this is like magic," that's nice. But if someone's like, "I'm being like those guys on the YouTube video," let's make some magic. That's yeah. it's not going to do it. Can you imagine? Right, I mean, are you go, are you, are you, what's your what's your plan in terms of finishing it up? Are, you, are we going to are we, we going to finish, finish it? Well, we, we did actually have a plan for thinking. how we were going to do the interview. Yeah, and but then, then you, you were just too fun. So you, we're going to do got far that. too interesting. Yeah. Right. Um. So we're just let, let's do the actual interview properly. Yeah. Dave, <laughs> uh, tell us about what you're up to at the moment. Well, I'm up to what? What do you mean? At the moment? That actually reminds me, James. Have you moved <laughs> house recently? Yeah, What's I did move going? house. No, it's going very well actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravesend's lovely, just outside the M25, and uh, yeah, it's a fun party town. Yeah, that's it's cool. good. No, it's very nice. Little magic house. I hear you've adopted a cat. Cat's adopted us. Cat's adopted us. Just turned up at the door, uh, and then himself, Tim, my other half, who's soft as shite. Hello, Tim. I'm uh, sorry, I can't really hear it whilst you're laughing. Could you be a bit quieter? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so there's that. And you haven't moved house with me. No, I no. haven't. But my fiancé has moved into my house. Oh, there you mm. go. And yeah. have we got a wedding planned? No. Planned well, I keep trying to come up with wedding plans, but my wedding plans are not appreciated. And apparently I am delaying the plans of the wedding with my plans, which are impractical, immoral, in some cases dangerous and frequently flammable. I do think you guys should start up your own podcast and, <laughs> and like, do it like as a yeah, poetry, poetry rambles or something. <laughs> but our plan was actually just to completely like ignore different, you. Our plan guess, was to completely yeah, no, I think ignore you for the whole... You were yeah. doing it pretty well sometimes. No, no, you were far too good at like, yeah, saying you stuff. Interesting... You, were, you got far too intro and forceful, I have to say. Our plan was like, <laughs> we were not going to let you get away. In. Well, I'm quite good at getting a word in. <laughs> that's, that's what this show's like been about, like to try and get me to stop getting a word in so much. Like learn to listen, Jesus. I mean I that's I can't I'm scared of silence, so I can't deal with can't deal with one one minute of silence. Here's a question. With the people you know who are doing this, yeah. do you know what you're in for with each group? Like I know with us two you knew you were you were braced for a little bit of mischief at us two. Yeah, yeah. But like do you know what you're in for? No uh no, I'm I'm hoping to be surprised, and I was surprised by this one. Um, it, it, I knew that it would be unconventional the way you would go about it, but um, I've I've enjoyed it actually. Um, I don't know if the audience will, but I think they actually will. I think it's refreshing. I think in, as as well, one of the things I'm interested in is in context. Like these five conversations are going to be very different people, and I'm just interested to see how in context that makes me. I guess and how different five bits of me. Yeah. 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 What different sides of you it brings out. Right, because yeah. that's something that happens in the show generally. Like, I go back to Cardiff and I'm speaking in a Cardiff accent or I'm, like, with someone I know from back in the day and I'm being silly, whereas I'm with I, someone I don't know at all I'm being really serious. In the same way, I did an interview the other day and it was just after a corporate thing I had to do, so I was dressed in a suit and it's the stiffest, most formal-sounding interview I've ever done. Like, they, they sent me the thing back and I went, wow, that's not me and that's not how I am in interview. Certain settings, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, what you're wearing, all of these things affect it. Yeah. Like, that's what's 
what's interesting about doing it in different people's houses or whatever, like I like it when I go to people's houses. That has a different effect on them. They're in their own space, so they feel like... I prefer doing interviews in really inappropriate <clears throat> spaces, like crack dens, A&Es. Uh, a cemetery in the middle of the night is a great place to do an interview. Um, active crime scenes as well. <laughs> I think all, up until active crime scenes, they're all, they're all really good ideas. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I mean, you appreciate my crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they would be. It would be interesting to do a podcast like set in the most inappropriate, like where you interview really famous people in the most inappropriate places. That like, would be I a want really inter- excellent show. Yeah. yeah, I want to interview Stephen Fry <clears throat> in the middle of a boat in the middle of the the swimming bath out by um, Hackney. That'd be cool. What's it called the Hackney Lido? Hackney Lido. Yeah, Lido. there. I want to in a rowing boat right in the middle of that. The, in a rowing boat. Good. I definitely like what? the idea no. of doing it in a On a lilo, in the lilo, that on a lilo. I think doing it in any or somewhere like that's a really good idea as well. Like somewhere which is really, really like the world's going to interfere with you. Like yeah. I like that. That's why like some of my shows happen, happen that way because we're outside or whatever and, they, and people interrupt. The best training I ever got in my life. I, I was blessed with one of those totally crazy theatre teachers in high school. And um, he used to take us on the DC Metro, which is four carriages long. And there was eight of us in the class. Two people to a carriage, and you have to clear your carriage out of people as quickly as possible without ever saying a word. You can't speak to them. You can use sound, you can use gesture, whatever. You can't make a single word. You don't want to do that with 15-year-olds, because that's how you end up with me. <laughs> but I have never learned so much about performance and interaction and, and also communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best thing to do is sit down right next to someone and go... <clears throat> They don't like that. That was beautiful. Right? <laughs> yeah, people definitely wouldn't like that. You don't expect that sound out of me, do you? No, you don't. But when it happened, it also felt really right. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only girl I've ever met with a Napoleon complex. Okay. It seems to I be a male thing. Are you secretly a bear? I would love to be. Are you an inner big fat hairy gay man? Like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you got the growl there. That was good. That was, that was a bear growl. And I look great in leather. So, you know, and I can I can throw up the YMCA's with the best of them. Yeah, but at the moment you're just Goldilocks, you know. This, this. That's just my disguise, okay? Some of us need to be able to hook up with undercover why police should, officers why, in airport bathrooms without getting this, arrested. Why should there be this, like, binary between, like, Goldilocks and the I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not responsible like, for bear culture. Like, let me, let me one of the things out. I like about the TV series Once Upon a Time, which I'm a bit of a fan of at the moment, is that Red Riding Hood is the wolf. She's both. And why can't why can't Sophia be the bear and Goldilocks? She can be both. There's no reason to separate. In that way, I just had a thought: you should do your Edinburgh show um, in drag. I maybe I should. Yes, I, no, yes, actually, no, seriously, I, I really, I in really all seriousness, I, I think you well, should. I don't know because it's it's really. And like, don't get rid of the beard. But that's the thing, and I'm saying, don't do it in a cheesy hawkish. Don't do it in a way that disrespects no. genderqueer dressing. Right. Yeah, wear a but nice do dress it that you as like a genderqueer. And do it with your beard and all of that, yeah. but just like yeah, that's an interesting idea. I might wear it. I might wear a summer dress because I always want to wear a summer dress, and uh, I never do because I feel like yeah. it's just going to be too much hassle. And, and if that's you had, a privilege to be in that position. And if you had the balls to, to do it to... for flyering, the one thing I tell you is that it would attract the right men. Because if it's a show for men, you don't want the wrong men. 
do I or do I not? Do I, don't I want the wrong men so I can convince them? I don't no, know. because in Edinburgh they're there for one reason. Um, they will come in with their pints and they'll disrupt the first half of your show and then they'll storm out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting doing this show in Edinburgh. It's really personal. It's going to be really personal and uh, dark. So uh, it's going to be interesting to do. You know, I'm very scared of all of this stuff, but I feel like it's good to get That's it really seriously worked on first. I've never been more scared than I was doing Can't Care, Won't Care. And right. I know everyone else disagrees with and me, you know but I think right. it's the best show I've done. Yeah, I think it's a good show. I think I don't know if it's I the best show. I didn't act the barrister but... right, but on the script, it's the best show I think I've it's a really good script. And... If you feel a bit scared of an idea, I feel like that's the one to go for. That's the one to go for. You're absolutely doing it right. I mean, the problem is the more people you talk to and ask about it, the greater the possibility that you're going to just have to piss some of them off. Oh, I will. I mean, I will. I will piss. I want to piss Radfems off. I don't want. If a Radfem comes to my show and goes away feeling like I've agreed with their ideology, then they they have another thing coming because I'm going (laughs) to be doing sex worker positive bits and stuff like that that said you will be surprised because uh both a tory and a care worker both stormed out of my show the tory because it was far too uh liberal and the care worker because it was far too tory so you can never please anyone no sure i know yeah i don't expect to i in fact expect to please very little very few people i'm very worried about pleasing no one yeah you can always bribe your audience in advance. Yeah, no, cool. I'll take you up on that. And you can do it in, like, a really, you know, gender-offensive way. Like, give all of the women chocolate and give all of the men beer. Well, I'm going to be giving all of the audience cookies uh, for definite. Can you make sure that you give the women one to pink ones and the boys you Have you thought of gender-segregating the audience? Oh, yeah. Just standing in the middle, right, men that way, women that way. That's yeah. clever. Well, that's an interesting idea. I'll see how that, that pans out with the actual content of the show but it's definitely an interesting idea um i'm definitely going to be giving them all cookies so that's definitely going to happen um because it's yeah because to a certain extent it's going to be true storytelling and to a certain extent it's going to be like a glossary of different words and one of the words that people use about stuff is cookies right like um men who are looking for cookies that's why they're being saying positive things because they're looking for for a woman to pat them on the head um, so I'm going to be saying, no, I don't want any fucking cookies. You have the cookies. <laughs> do, they have to, do, do they have to accept the cookies in order to I don't know. go, on, well, I was go thinking, on with the show? At first I was thinking of throwing, it out, throwing them out at the beginning, but now I'm thinking about keeping them for the bucket speech, right? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get a cookie if you give me some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm doing that with condoms, so there you go. Good. Well, that's, yeah. that's, My new that's show good. is uh, Win a Million Pounds by Sitting in This Puppy and Free Booze Filled Room. Is that what it's actually called? Yeah. I've heard you say that before. Is that actually what it's called? Well, Matt is arguing with me that I need to call it cult, but I don't know. I'm fucking tempted to call it one million pounds by sitting in the puppy in Freebo's filled room for an hour. Because that's so fitting to a show called cult. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the only reason I want to call it cult is because I want CU apostrophe T. It's the title. Yeah. Picture it on the flyer. Yeah, I got it. That's good. So, are you gonna like wrap up this conversation, or what do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, it's no. getting. It's, it's, it's I think that the way the that we sing this, of the way that we finish this, <laughs> is sing with dissonant, dissonant harmonisation between James and I. I think that we have to honour you, um, and 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 everything that you have done for the arts community in the UK. Are you ready for some dissonant singing? I'm ready for dissonant singing. Do we, so have, do we have to decide oh! to sing this? <laughs> I, 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 I plug both of your work, I mean, that's what I'll plug. 
so I guess we're going s- to mm. I'll, I'll say goodbye over this interesting I hope this experience is as interesting for you as it was for me audience bye <laughs> So I hope you got something from that episode. I certainly think I did. I do cringe at my statements. And I tell you what, if you'd have heard the even longer version that I edited, boy, would you be cringing even more. That said, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed being disrupted by these two incredibly talented people. You should absolutely check out the work they do any chance you can you can listen back to the first two episodes of the GBA 200 season to get an idea of what different alternative realities might be like ones that are less bizarro world and more standard getting better acquainted conversation so we've had Helen Zaltzman we've had Chella Quint so listen back to them and expect two more conversations coming out tomorrow and Friday Get involved with the Getting Better Acquainted 200 celebrations by using the hashtag GBA200 and sharing your favourite shows of the over 200 episodes that have already been out. You can follow Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can like it on Facebook, subscribe to it pretty much anywhere that podcasts go to hang out with each other on the internet www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk is one place you can find it so tune in again tomorrow for a different alternative reality spread the word shout about it a little bit for me thank you so much for listening and remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted